like you were around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attached to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today with us is, man, the list goes on and on, 1965 Indiana Mr. Basketball, um, a 1965 Indiana High School State Champion. Uh, he won four city titles uh, while he was at uh, Indianapolis, George Washington, 1969 runner-up at Purdue, uh, as a Purdue Boilermaker, eight years as an Indiana Pacer, three of those he has uh, rings for, and I'm talking about the, uh, the legend Billy Keller. Uh, Billy, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to uh, help keep the nostalgia alive and talked about this game that's been so good to you well billy hey i, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and uh, i appreciate that intro um it's you know sometimes sometimes you know you you sit down and you kind of forget the the past but uh it's always fun to do interviews and kind of hear some of the things that you you've had the opportunity to go through and it kind of brings back memories of people that you were associated with as you were going through these uh, these particular events. And so this is always fun, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. Oh, no problem. And you know what? It's, it, I, I have a sa- it, it's a sad story, but, you know, it's been 43 years. But my first introduction to you uh, was as a 7-year-old child, and it was on April 1st, 1974. My mother suddenly passed away, and uh, that, e- oh. that evening – uh, I got to listen to it on the radio. You guys were playing the San Antonio Spurs, and you poured in 39 points, and you guys beat the Spurs in that playoff game, 128 to 101. And that was my introduction to you, and you've always been in my mind ever since that particular date. And that's just, you know, it's kind of sad, but it's something you kind of live through and go through. But 43 years ago, that's you know, 39 points from Billy Keller in the victory over the San Antonio Spurs, 128 to 101. And I thought, you know, that's just a, a very interesting now that, that today that I get to speak to you. Well, I, I I appreciate that. I'm sorry about your mother. You know, we all go through that. Uh, I lost my mother in 2008, and uh, you know that's always a sad time. But hopefully, I was able to bring a little bit of uh, um, you know relief to you as as you listen to that game. And you know, I've had a lot of people you know talk about that game, especially especially um, you know when three pointers are talked about with the Indiana Pacers. A lot of times. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of times, uh, you know, the the nine out of thirteen comes up, and so it's it's just a a milestone that I was able to uh, to accomplish, and I'm very proud of, and it's it's always fun to to talk about it. 
Uh, Billy, tell everyone a little bit about uh, where were you born and where were you where were you born in Indianapolis and where were you raised in Indianapolis and who who introduced was was basketball the first game that was introduced to you or was it another sport? Well, actually, I was born in Bloomington, Indiana, um, uh, 1947, and uh, but when I was about 17 months old, my family moved to Indianapolis on the west side, and. Um, out by the Indianapolis uh, 500 track and lived there really all my life until uh, going to college and then, of course, going into the, the pro game. But uh, I lived there on the Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis west side. And um, probably the introduction to basketball was, was probably my first love introduced to me by my brother. And uh, my brother, Bernie, who was seven years older than I, he used to take me all the time, Billy, to the Sandlots over to School 67 there on the west side, and I'd have a chance to play a little bit with his uh, his friends. Of course, I was a lot younger, and they really didn't let me play until it was about time for them to quit, and the, the, it got dark out, and you couldn't hardly see the basket. That's about the time they let me play. But I, I played not only basketball, but when I was a kid, seven, eight years old, I, I started playing baseball, too, and I, I really enjoyed baseball. Uh, played a little football, but probably my two sports that I enjoyed the most were basketball and baseball. Uh, and now, once you got introduced to the game of basketball, what I mean, what was going on in Indiana high school basketball at that time, or did you have a favorite college that you you, you followed, or or uh, what was Washington high school basketball like when you uh, first got introduced to the game? Well, my of course, my brother played high school basketball, and uh, you know, he he and I would play. Uh, just one on one, just for just for fun, obviously because of his his age, being seven years older than I, wasn't really a whole lot of competition for him. But it was a good introduction, and I think playing with Bernie's friends at sixty seven uh, was a great introduction as well. Because playing against older guys makes you play harder, makes you focus more, and uh, so that really helped me as it introduced me to the game of basketball. My brother was. Uh, uh, was a basketball player there at Washington High School in Indianapolis, and uh, you know, obviously, I followed his team. Um, his team was probably, you know, just an average team, but the city of Indianapolis at that point, you know, had a lot of good teams. Um, and watching him, I, I developed uh, some heroes, if you will, in a guy named Ernie Slinker. I really liked him. Uh, he he played about the same time my brother did, and and uh, you know so having the opportunity to have an older brother kind of paves the way for you in um, in getting yourself started. Had it not been for him, you know I'm not sure if I'd have had the opportunities, especially as young as I was, to do the things that I did. Um, you know what was really fun about the idea of playing with older players was that when I would when I would not be playing i would sit and i would watch these guys play and i would kind of pick up things that they were doing and when i got tired of doing that i'd take the basketball and i'd kind of work on things that i saw the older guys do and then when it came time to play with guys my own age i was trying to do things that the older guys were doing against the younger guys that were my age so i think having that that brother uh that really helped me to uh, to to get a jump start on uh, the game of basketball. 
You know, I grew up for a couple of years off of Winfield and 16th Street, and 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 once I moved, my grandfather introduced me to the game of baseball. Did you guys go to a lot of the baseball games down the way at Bush Stadium? You know, not too much when I was uh, when I was a kid. Um, we went to some baseball games, but really was not a focus. Uh, the focus is more on basketball. You know, one one thing that my 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 parents did, and especially my brother and also my father, uh, my dad used to take me every year, probably since I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old, he would take me to the state finals because he knew that as I started playing the game of basketball uh, and got more involved with high school basketball and the state tournament, he knew that I wanted to, to, to be on a state championship team, and he knew that I, I wanted to be an Indiana All-Star. And so... I think what what his uh, objective was was to try to put those things in front of me, kind of dangle a carrot, if you will. And so every year, about eight, nine years old, he would take me to the Indiana State Finals, and he would also take me to the, to the All-Star Games because that was kind of a dream. And so when I, would, when I was growing up and playing basketball by myself at a court, I a lot of times would put myself in situations where I was in the state finals or I was at the free throw line to win the game at the state finals or I was in the uh, in the all-star game. You know, I would put myself in those situations as I would practice. And so my, my family was really instrumental in helping me get started and to better understand really what I wanted to try to accomplish as a young as a young person and a young player. So when was your first organized uh, – when did you f- start playing organized basketball, when you first organized, organized basketball? There was a, a junior high school coach that I had. Actually, my brother had first, a fellow named Vernon McCarty. And um, my brother played at, at 67. Of course, that was the junior high that not only I went to, but my brother and sister – went to as well and bernie was playing for vernon mccarty at 67 and i think i must have been about a fourth grader maybe a fifth grader and he would let me come in and practice with the players he would even let me dress vernon would let me dress at some of the games at washington high school of the uh, of the junior high games now i couldn't really play because it wasn't eligible to play because it wasn't <laughs> of the right age but if the, if a team didn't show up or if, if a team would show up and didn't have enough players, then he would let me play. So I really had, I really had a, a good experience in my junior high uh, situation and even earlier than that because I was able to be exposed to a lot of things like that situation when I was really not even eligible to, to be there. And so – when I think about the memories that I've had and the people that have been very instrumental in helping me to get where I am today and to create a foundation for me, you know, I look at my brother, I look at his friends that, you know, that allowed me to play. I look at Vernon McCarty, who was my junior high school coach. Uh, you know, I look at my, my mom and dad and because they were athletes, my dad was a very good basketball player. He played at Lions High School uh, in Indiana. And um, they, I think his senior year, got beat by, um, I think it was Martinsville that beat them in the final, in a, actually the final of a sectional game. 
but but that team went on and and won the uh, state tournament that year you know so everyone has to have a foundation and these people gave me the foundation to to springboard me into you know the the future of playing high school college and professional basketball you know there was no aau back then and and so when did the core of your 65 state championship team did you guys just all meet basically uh, as a freshman there at washington high school or did you guys play together beforehand no there 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 really was no opportunity wow. like you said there was no aau um i didn't meet ralph taylor and eddie bop and and the the seniors that um or, or the freshmen that I played with at, there at Washington, we didn't we didn't all hook up until the freshman year. But it was kind of interesting, you know. Sometimes you you hear kids, uh, you know, well I don't want to go to practice, or I you know I don't want to go out and practice uh, on on some concrete court. Well, all we had back then was asphalt and concrete courts. There was no AAU. There was no getting into the gyms. There was there was no coach that was AAU coach that was going to take you and and get things organized. We had to take the initiative to organize ourselves. And so uh, there were there were a group of guys in the neighborhood um, that that we would just call each other and we would we would meet and we would play. And that really didn't happen probably until I was a, a, an eighth grader. I went out to a place called Metalwood Park out in Speedway, Indiana, and played there. Gosh, I played there for years and started, I think, either as a 7th or an 8th grader. My dad would take me, drop me off at this park, and I would play all day. I would play all day, and, and weekends he'd take me out there, and there'd be lots and lots of players out there. And that was, again, another situation where uh, being a 7th and 8th grader there were a lot of high school kids out there. And so, you know, you had to kind of wait your turn. And guys, once they once they realized, hey, you know, this, this little guy can play, you know, they gave me an opportunity. And once I had that opportunity, you know, I was playing with older guys. It really did make me play harder. And because if I didn't play hard, if I didn't play, you know, well enough to stay in the game with these guys, I wouldn't have the opportunity to play. So that – that Meadowood Park was was uh, su- such an important part of my uh, being as a basketball player because I, it really developed my skills. There were so many times, too, after I, I got the opportunity to get my driver's license and I started driving, I would go to Meadowood Park during the day when nobody else was there, and I would play one-on-one with an imaginary friend um, and, and the, the, the court was, was a short court. So I would kind of play one-on-one with an imaginary friend going, going from one end to the other, uh, playing, playing offense and, and just imagining the things that I would be facing in a game. And, uh, I, I can't begin to tell you the number of times that I did that. One, one thing that was really kind of, uh, interesting too. I a lot of times have put myself into uh, the situation where I was at the free throw line to win the state finals. And um, during those times at Meadowood Park and I would do that, you know, I did that for years. And then finally in, in 65, I had the opportunity to, to go to the, go to the free throw line during the state finals. Uh, it wasn't a final shot or anything like that. 
but it was the first time that I was at the free throw line during the state final uh, game. And the thought that went through my mind is I have been <laughs> at the line here in this situation for years. And, and so that, that is something that I reflect back on a lot when I talk to anybody about high school or the state championship experience uh, or being at the free throw line. Um, that was something that that was really fun for me. Billy, what would you're you're getting ready to go to Washington High School as a freshman? What what kind of history or tradition, basketball tradition or history, did Washington have before you actually got there? And did you already know the coaching staff and stuff like that, or did you know what you were getting getting ready to get into? You know, I really I really didn't um, I, di- I didn't really know much about Washington High School. My my brother, my brother really did not want me to go to Washington High School and play for the same coach that he had. He felt like his 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 style was was not good for me, whatever, and he didn't want me to go there. Well, at that particular time, um, Jerry Oliver, who was a football basketball coach there at Washington, got the head coaching position, and I remember Jerry Oliver coming over to my junior high and talking to me and coming over to our house and talking to my parents about me coming to Washington High School. Because my brother actually wanted me to go to Manual, um, you know, be, because of because of the things that I've already mentioned. And uh, But he liked Oliver. He liked Oliver's style. He liked Oliver's uh, approach to coaching. And uh, my dad and, and Bernie really felt like that would be a good fit for me. I don't know the success that Washington had. I, I don't really recall. Um, I just I just know that it was fun watching them going to the games. My sister was a cheerleader, so so I had a reason to be there. You know, with with the family being there, we were a very athletic family. And you know, my brother played football, played basketball, ran track. My sister was a cheerleader. You know, my dad was a was a player. My mom was a cheerleader when she was in high school. So I came from a very athletic family. And uh, so going to those games starting young um, was really fun because I could watch my sister, I could watch my brother, but I could also watch the other players from other teams. You know, it, 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 it's so important, I think, for, for young players to watch, um, to watch older guys play or older gals play, whatever the case may be. Because you learn so much about the game, uh, your IQ of basketball becomes greater as you watch it and understand it, and then and then when you go play, you can use that knowledge to to benefit your game. And so when I was doing basketball camps for kids, I always tried to tell them watch the older players, go out and, and expose yourself to different situations, and see how players play and see the conduct of of other players, see how the conduct is and and do you want to be that way or do you want to be a different way you know be a good be a good sportsman you know that kind of thing and uh so uh that's what i probably tried to focus in more uh as a young player watching washington high school play than anything else man billy keller as a manual redskin that would have just thrown the uh universe off kilter (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, my, my brother didn't really have as, as good of an experience as he'd like. Um, you know, the, the team was decent. They weren't, I guess they weren't great. 
but they they were decent but he just didn't feel like that was the right fit for me with the coach that he had and uh he just he just wanted me to you know wanted me to do something different with some some other coach and then when jerry came in um that's all it took was was the new new coaching staff coming in and and uh, they were fine with it. Uh, tell us how you evolved as a player in those first couple of years in high school. Gosh, I you know I I think I think as a freshman we had we had a good team. You know we had Ralph Taylor, we had Eddie Bopp. Uh, we really did have a, a a good team. In fact, we won the city tournament my freshman year, and and I think. I think people saw, and I think we as players saw that this freshman team that we had, uh, coached by Russell McConnell, uh, really they they really felt like there was something there that we that we had a good nucleus of of players, and that this team could possibly do something in the future. And then our the sophomore year, I I had a knee problem. I stepped in a hole running cross country and had to have knee surgery so I missed most of my sophomore year but but we we were successful that year we, we you know Washington High School um, won the uh, the city tournament we had success and again I think the the, the, the coaching staff the, the people there at Washington I think the people in Indianapolis kind of saw that hey Washington High School was kind of uh, on the uh, on the upswing here and then as a junior we really had a good team. Um, we really had a good team. We had John Doddell, Calvin Schaefer. Um, we had Clovis Stinson. We had Ralph Taylor. You know, we really had a had a good team, and we got beat in the sectionals by Hal, which and Hal had a really good team and well coached that year. You know, so we got really disappointed as a junior, and I really felt like looking back, we probably had more talent my junior year at Washington High School than probably we did my senior year. But my senior year rolled around, and Gary Oliver was one that was a, a pressing coach. He he really taught the two-two-one full court press, and it it got to the point where people kind of feared that 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 they were gonna they were going to have to face that. As a junior, Jerry used it all the time. We were pressing all the time, and I think people kind of got accustomed to us pressing, and people got prepared for it. But my senior year. Jerry only used it when we needed it, and uh, I remember we were playing Brookville in the uh, afternoon game of the the state finals, and uh, it was a. I think we were somewhat. I think we were tied maybe at the end of the third quarter, and we came out in that fourth quarter and put the press on. We ended up winning by I think sixteen points. You know, so, but I think looking back on it, this whole thing of of winning the state tournament started back our freshman year. And, uh, and fortunately, fortunately, uh, we were able to go on and win the state title and, and, uh, it's kind of history from there, but what great memories we have. Um, you know, recruiting, you know, we talked about AAU wasn't around then and recruiting was probably a different game back then also. How, how did that kind of work? And do you, do you kind of remember your, your first couple, I mean, did they send letters at that time or uh, did you get phone calls at that time? And do you remember a first of the, uh, a few of the first ones? Well, <clears throat> the person that probably contacted me the the, the first and maybe the uh, the most was a was a coach named Bob King, and Bob King was an assistant coach at Purdue at the time, 
and uh, <clears throat> Bob had been recruiting me since I was a junior. And he would come to games, and he would call me, and he would write letters, and uh, there were even alumni that would call me. Um, but Bob was probably the number one guy that I developed a relationship with, uh, or he re- developed a relationship with me. And uh, I, I remember, I remember uh, getting some phone calls and some letters from uh, other schools as well. But but Bob King was the first. And you know when it when it really came down to <clears throat> where do I want to go, um, Bob King was Purdue, and I had I had uh, my freshman coach uh, tell me you don't want to go to Purdue, you, know, <laughs> you don't want to go to Purdue, you you will be you will be lost, uh, it's too big, uh, you know the Big Ten's too good, and he really didn't want me to go there, and he wasn't he wasn't telling me that to be to be cruel, you know, that's just what he thought. That was his opinion. And, um, and I'd heard that too from other people. And sometimes when you hear things like that, it becomes motivation to prove people wrong. And, um, I really thought about Western Kentucky hard because they did get in on me, uh, after we had won the state tournament. And I really did. I took a, a trip to, uh, Western Kentucky. I really liked the, uh, the uh the school i really like the uh, the campus um but you know it was it was four five six hours away and uh when it came right down to it um i wanted to stay closer to home and purdue was was the place that i wanted to, to be what was really kind of funny too about western kentucky <clears throat> the the guy that had recruited me from western kentucky was an assistant coach and his name was gene Rhodes. And Gene was really a good guy, um, you know, treated me well. Um, and, of course, then I went to Purdue, and I kind of lost, uh, lost track of, of Gene. I would, I would kind of pay attention sometimes to how Western Kentucky was doing, but uh, I kind of lost, lost, got lost more into Purdue and what we were doing. But when I got into the pro game, Gene Rhodes was an assistant coach for the Kentucky Colonels. You know, so we had a chance to kind of reminisce a little bit there and and really, really a good a good person. But Purdue was the place for me, and I'm glad that that's what I decided to do. Take us back to that, you know, uh, winning the state championship. Do you did was it a, was it a whirlwind or did you kind of stop and take it in a little bit? And what were your thoughts when when that clock dwindled to zero and you guys were state champions? What do you, do you remember those uh, moments after that? Well, you know, I, I think I think when when the tournament is going on, I think when you're involved in it, I don't think you really have time to sit back and kind of think about. You're, you're not thinking about the tournament. You're just thinking about what you need to do, and you're going to practice, and your 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 daily life is is taking place. And um, I know that we had a principal named Cloyd Julian, uh, who was really a uh, uh, an athletic-minded principal. I mean, he coached. He was a player. He was a, he was a coach, um, and and he was he was pro athletics. And he he would let us get out of class sometime to have our practice because you know um, sometimes sometimes in, in the practice sessions that you have and the games that you may play, you may play at different times. You may be playing games in the morning. 
So what he was doing was he was giving us the opportunity to have practice at a time when we would be playing. Uh, like if we played the 10 o'clock game uh, on, a, on a Saturday morning. Well, what he wanted to do is he wanted to kind of get us accustomed to uh, getting our bodies ready to play at a 10, uh, 10 o'clock time. And uh, so he was really instrumental, I think, in helping us. He got the student body behind us. He got the fans behind us. I mean, he was, he was really a great principal there at Washington High School when I, when I was there. Um, so I guess going back to the senior year, I, and going back to free throws, I think throughout the, throughout the tournament, I had hit 30, 31 free throws in a row. And I remember there was, there was uh, just seconds on the clock, and we realized at that time we were going to win. <clears throat> so everybody was kind of high-fiving and, and having, having fun on the floor with each other and smiles and, you know, that kind of thing. But there was still a little bit of time left, and I had gotten fouled. So I went to the free throw line, and of course, at that point, we knew we were going to win. And I lost, I lost my focus on that first free throw, and I missed it. So now I'm 32, I'm 31 of 32. So I got my focus back, and I hit my my next one of the two shots. So I end up going 30, 32 for 33. And um, of course, what we focus on, what I focus on now, is not so much that I hit. 32 out of 33, <laughs> I focused on the one that I missed, uh, or I could have maybe possibly hit all the free throws throughout the entire, the entire tournament. But, um, you know, yeah, it was, it was kind of pandemonium in our, with our crowd. Uh, the players on, that were not in the game at the time, the guys that were on the bench, they were kind of celebrating. We were kind of halfway celebrating on the floor, too, until that final, final buzzer went off. You know, Billy, when I – when I was a sophomore there at Washington, um, the state finals were played at Butler Fieldhouse. Um, and letter, letter winners would hold the ropes at, at the games. You know, um, letter winners not only from Washington, but the letter winners from different schools around the city of Indianapolis letter winners would come out and hold the rope so that nobody could get on the floor at the end of the game. Well, my sophomore season, <clears throat> I, held, I was one that had the opportunity to hold the ropes. And I think I saw um, my, my ju- junior year, no, my sophomore year doing that, I saw uh, Muncie Central win the state tournament. And that was really exciting for me because a guy that played in that game that I really liked as a player, and I liked the I liked his enthusiasm, I liked the way he, you know, he he really played defense. He he got after it. He was a good ball handler, a good shooter. Uh, was a guy named Rick Jones, and who became Mr. Basketball that year uh, in in '63. Then in '64, I had the opportunity to, to hold the ropes again as a letter winner. And I saw Lafayette Jeff win the state finals, and of course, of course, each any time that you're you're watching a game and you're that close to it, and it's a dream of yours to be there and have the opportunity to to be on the floor and to and to compete for the state finals, uh, you pick out players that you really like. Well, the guy that I really liked from Lafayette Jeff was Denny Brady, 
and 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 so you know I held the ropes there. So not only as as a kid did I dream about being in the state finals, but that put me right on court, uh, right on the court, basically my sophomore and junior season uh, as a as a letter winner holding the ropes, and at, that's as close as you could get without actually being one of the participants. So then in 65, we had the opportunity. You know, so there was a lot of lead-up to 1965 going into that state final game and that state final tournament because I had been there. I had put myself mentally into it when I was younger, but as a sophomore and as a junior, I was able to, to, to have the opportunity to, to be put into a state final situation like that of holding the ropes. And then the next year, the dream all comes true where you win the state tournament and you also have the opportunity to go on and play in the Indiana All-Star game with Kentucky. So, you know, there's a lot of memories there over a lot of, a lot of years. Um, but when you have a dream and you really work towards that dream and that dream is a focus for you, for a lot of years and a lot of people put that focus in front of you and those dreams in front of you. And then to have it come true, your senior season, it's something that you will carry to your grave basically. And that's where I am today, you know, thinking about, and what you've done is you've given me the opportunity here to take myself back to those years and to those experiences. Because when I look back on it, that experience of winning state title and being of the age that I was at that time, at 17 years old, uh, that stands out to be one of the the, the, the best memories uh, that I have. And you know, and you know, speaking of dreams, so this is a two-part question. So the first one is, did you you said earlier in the interview that you know you you wanted to you put yourself in a, a position that you wanted to be an Indiana All-Star? Was was did you ever have the dream of being Indiana Mr. Basketball? And what was it like? And where were you? And who told you when you did get that that uh, award? Well, I didn't go deep that deep into the to the the dreaming part of, of being Mr. Basketball, all I really wanted to do is I wanted to be an Indiana all-star. Right. I never really thought about being a, a, a number one uh, a Mr. Basketball. Never never really thought about that. Um, I just wanted to be on the team uh, because I thought that was such a great honor. And at that time, Billy, there was really no other all-star games out there. The Indiana-Kentucky all-star game was the game. And – it was the experience. You know, you, you had basically two weeks of it. You know, you'd practice for a week, you'd play the first game, then you'd practice another week, and you'd play the second game. And you were away from your family and everybody, and you were just with the coaches and the team members of the All-Stars. That's really what I wanted to do. Um, but, <laughs> when you, but, but, you know, and and. 65 in that state final game, um, I can't remember how many points I had, but I, in the in the morning game, but the afternoon or the evening game, I had 25, and still didn't really think much about Mr. Basketball because I, I just really wanted to to be on the All Star team. Well, I'm sitting in a math class, and and there's a knock at the door, <laughs> and the the teacher goes to the door, and it's Jerry Oliver. And he tells the teacher, he said, I, I would, I'd like to, if I could, he said, I'd like to, to talk to Billy for just a second out in the hall. 
And so the teacher says, well, sure, no, no problem. And so she, she calls me out. She says, Billy Jerry wants to see you out in the hall. So I walk out in the hall and I thought, okay, what have I done? <laughs> you know, did, did I do something wrong? Did I, was I supposed to be someplace that I, I didn't show up? What exactly was, was the problem here? So I got out there and he said, hey, I want, I want you to know that uh, you have just been chosen to be the uh, 1965 uh, Indiana All-Star Mr. Basketball. And, you know, I, I just kind of stared at him for a second and thought, <laughs> what? Could you tell me that again? And so he repeated it. And I mean, what a thrill that was. But that really was not that was not the uh, the dream. The dream was just to be on the team. Um, and I, I guess maybe, too, after every after having a, a good tournament and winning the tournament, um, you know, you would think that maybe I might have the, the inkling that um, I might have a chance to be Mr. Basketball, but I really never thought about it. But that, that was something over and above. And that was just kind of the, the final to all of the dreaming and all of the things that I experienced throughout those younger years and through high school years. That was kind of the ultimate um, event for me uh, to play in that all-star game as Mr. Basketball. And what was that? What was the the All Star experience like for you? And also, Ralph Taylor was uh, was named an All Star, right? Uh, uh, correct. Ralph Taylor was. Ralph Taylor was. He he was on the All Star team, and uh, you know, I mean, I was. There was no question. I was really thrilled for myself to be on there because that was that was that was a, a long time, you know, working towards that. But to see Ralph. Ralph and I were really good friends and are really good friends even today. I mean, I, when I, I see Ralph, I talk to Ralph, we email, uh, we text one another. Uh, I was I was so happy that, that Ralph was going to be involved um, uh, with, with the All-Star team because we had a chance then to experience it together. Um, and the All-Star experience was, was really fun. I mean, it was hard work. Angus Nickerson, who was our coach, and we – we worked out at Indiana Central. Um, of course, of course he. Oh, I'm sorry. He had been, he had been the, the coach of the All Stars for for quite a while, and uh, he worked us. I mean, we we had we had a good week before we uh, played the first game, but we didn't have the talent really that Kentucky had. I mean, Kentucky was 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 very deep and had talent, and they ended up beating us in in both games, but. Um, it was fun because we had a chance to, because it was for the blind, and so we had a chance to do a lot of, uh, you know, sightseeing, and we had a chance to to go to the blind school, and we had we had a chance to do a lot of different things uh, as an Indiana All Star, and I, I still have pictures today in my scrapbooks of of uh, several of the players um, taking pictures with fans and and with with the blind and just doing a lot of different things but we also went to movies and we went to meals and we were also honored at different uh, banquets and that kind of thing um as we were as state champions we had a lot of banquets and things to go to but uh, the the experience that i had was uh was just so so delightful and so so wonderful that that they've created such great memories for me uh, and, and, you know, that's really what it's all about when you're, when you're, when you're playing the game. And, and, and like I, I mentioned before about, about 
telling kids, I always, I always tried to tell kids at camps that what you're doing today uh, is, is developing memories for tomorrow. And people would look at you like, kids would look at you like, what, what are you talking about? What, what does that mean? You know, working today for tomorrow's memories. And that's, that's basically what we were doing. We were working, working for tomorrow's memories. And when I think about that Indiana All-Star Series and I think about where it is today, because it's, the, the market has been flooded with so many different All-Star games that the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star game is not the elite one. I mean, it's, it's obviously a great honor, but it's, it's nothing like it was when I played. You know, when we played, we had, we had basically two weeks. Now it's, it's much shorter. And so um, what a fun time it was. And it was really fun to have the opportunity to experience that with Ralph Taylor. Billy, you're 17, 18 years old. How in the world did you keep your feet on the ground or, you, or your head from swelling? Or just, I mean, how, how, did, how did that work out? You know, I, I never really stopped to think too much about it when I was going through it. It was just fun. It was exciting. Um, I was I was a player. I was reaching the goals that I wanted. It was I was just experiencing it. I was just involved in it. I, it. I never really thought about it at the time. I was just thinking from day to day of what we had to do. Um, I don't know. I, that's just my DNA. I I I, I don't get I don't get too uh, big headed over anything. At least I try not to. <laughs> um, I, I, if if somebody wants to pat me on the back for it. That's great, but uh, my my philosophy has always been, you know, you don't talk about yourself. If if other people want to talk about you uh, and your accomplishments, then that's fine. But uh, I'm not going to talk about myself, and that's kind of the way that I approached it back then. You know, just go out, have fun, play hard, do the best you can, and uh, and and then if somebody talks positive about it, then then that's great. So you're a Purdue Boilermaker. You're on campus. You're a freshman. You can't play. What was that first year like? And in retrospect, do you wish that you would have had four years rather than three? Well, you know, we played we played fraternity teams. <laughs> uh, we 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 played former players. Um, you know, it was as exciting as it could possibly be. I mean, we didn't have the opportunity. I think what it did is it made you hungry for your sophomore year but i i think that i think when george king came in my freshman year uh, and he had a chance to see our freshman group um i think he i think he saw some real real talent there uh especially a guy like herman gilliam who's no longer with us he passed several years ago but herman gilliam was very talented and um we had a really good freshman team I don't think we lost any any games to any of the, the fraternities that were there on campus, but we we practiced hard. Dave Tony was our uh, was our coach, and we practiced hard. We played hard. We scrimmaged against the varsity a lot, and um, so it was it was more of a fun year. I, I and I don't think there was anything wrong with it because I think it it gave us as freshmen an opportunity to kind of get our feet on the ground. Uh, you know, going to class, uh, being responsible for for being on time, uh, 
being responsible to do your homework, to get to get things done without mom and dad telling you to. You know, you had to get your your laundry done. You had to you 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 know you had to handle your own money. You, there's a lot of things that you that you have to do as a freshman that you really haven't had to do as you're going through high school. So I thought I thought really even looking back on it today, um, my freshman year was beneficial in a lot of different ways. Maybe not basketball wise as far as having the opportunity to play you know intercollegiate athletics, but it gave me a chance to get ready. And then as my in my sophomore year. I did not start as a sophomore. Um, <clears throat> Denny Brady did, but then a little later on in the season, I had the opportunity to uh, to start, and then I was a starter from that point. But that freshman year was a good experience and, and one that was very helpful to me. Did you ever feel like feel homesick or me- felt like maybe you made the wrong choice by going to Purdue at any point in time? No, I really didn't. I really didn't. It was it was fun. Um, you know, one other thing too that I that I did as a freshman is I went through, you know, fraternity rush, uh, and I was a I, I pledged beta, and a lot of the basketball players on the on the team pledged beta, and so that was a good experience too. Um, and you know, had I had I had other responsibilities more pressing in my freshman year, may not have been able to enjoy the rush and doing the things with the fraternity <clears throat> that I was able to do. Billy, so, take... no, I, I never really I never really had I never really had a thought that <clears throat> that I'd made the wrong decision. I, I think once I made the decision, once I once I told Western Kentucky, which was very difficult to do because I liked the people, I liked the facility that they played in, I liked the school. They were getting ready to build Diddle uh, I think it was Diddle Diddle Arena. Um, yeah, I liked all of it. And I really, it was difficult to tell them that I wasn't coming. But once I got that, told Purdue that I was uh, that I was committed, that I was coming, uh, I never looked back. So I'm assuming that in your career at Purdue, if you ever felt like you shot the ball too much, you felt a lot better about yourself once Rick Mount became a Boilermaker, right? Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I became a better I became a better passer. <laughs> Uh, Rick, Rick, when Rick came in, I think that was, uh, you know, that was that was obviously going to be a, a shot in the arm for us. I mean, because there was a guy that the first high school player to ever appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated, uh, a tremendous shooter. I'd, I'd had the opportunity to see Rick play a couple of different times uh, when he was at Lebanon, and uh, you know, I thought, you know, Rick is really a great player. He'd be a great addition to our team. And there, there was there was one time that we had a wrist slapped because there were several of us um, that went to Lebanon and we played in the old Lebanon gym. And uh, at that time, I guess we weren't really supposed to do that, but we we, we did anyway. So we developed a little bit of a relationship with Rick before he ever got there. And uh, but Rick turned out to be a great shooter, uh, a great teammate. We had a lot of fun together, and uh, uh, along with Herman Gilliam, you know Herman. When I when I look at Herman, Herman could do it all, and I, I know that Rick was the score, and I think I think Herman could have been a much a much better score um, had it not been for Rick. Rick was the score. Herman was going to do a little bit of everything. He was so athletic, 
And, you know, I think he was, he was a guy that was so athletic before they were talking about players being athletic. You know, you hear that word all the time about athleticism. And when I think about Herman Gilliam, I mean, he could pass it, he could shoot it, he could dribble it, he could defend, he could rebound. I mean, this is a guy that could really do it all. If there was, if there was one guy that I felt that sacrificed for the team good, it was Herman Gilliam. And uh, is a guy that that had a heart attack, massive heart attack, and died. And I was so saddened by that because he was he was a a good friend, a great teammate. He had had some some very good years of playing pro ball in the NBA, and uh, you know, I was just so saddened by his death. But uh, you know, I think I think any time that you you have success, uh, players have to play their role. And George King was really a master, I think, of getting guys to understand what their roles and responsibilities are on the team. For example, you know, he pulled me in the office beginning of my sophomore year, and, you know, he explained to me, he said, you know, Rick is going to be the shooter, you know, and here's what I want you to do. You know, I want, I want, you, to, I want you to lead the team. I want you to handle the ball. I want you to be the point guard on our on our, our pressure. He, you know, he said, and then when you have the opportunity for shots, he said, I want you to shoot it. He said, you're going to get you're going to get some breakaway lay-ins. You're going to get some free throws. You're going to get some perimeter jump shots. He said, but for the most part, I want you to be the leader and the guy that gets the ball to Rick and to Herman. You know, so that was my job, and I never really thought anything else about it. You know, this is what he wanted me to do. This is what I was going to do. And I think he did that with other players as well. I think he pulled Herman Gilliam in and explained to Herman what his role was going to be. He did the same thing with Rick. You know, he did the same thing with, with other players that we had. And so I think, I think he was a master at developing this team and giving this team at Purdue the foundation uh, of good players and giving them the responsibilities of their role so that we could win. And I never thought about the success that we had and the sacrifices that we made for each other for the success of the team was really one of the reasons why I got the opportunity to play the pro game. So George King was, was a master. We, we had a lot of talent. I think we averaged 97 points a game. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so we had a lot of people talking. It's just unfortunate that we had so many injuries of, of players going into that final game against UCLA. Uh, UCLA beat us in the final game, but we were hurt. We didn't have a lot of players. Um, you know, especially Chuck Bavis was our, was our big guy in the middle. Uh, Chuck was seven feet, 235 pounds, and he played really well against Kareem in the two previous outings that we had, and we didn't have him for the finals. But um, we had a great team. We had a great experience. Uh, and, and there again, one that you'll never forget. Did you, when you were on the court with, uh, you know, uh, uh, the future Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, did, did you feel like and during the championship game, I mean, do you think about the championship game a lot and what you guys could have done to maybe have performed better? I know you said that a lot of your players were hurt. Or did you kind of foresee what greatness was with uh, Kareem? Well, I knew Kareem was great. There was there was no question about that. I, I knew he was huge. 
But, you know, he also had some players around him that were awfully good. Um, you know, when you've got a guy in the middle like Kareem defensively, uh, you can you can do a lot of things on the perimeter to overplay, deny, and even if you get beat, uh, you're you're driving the ball into Kareem. And uh, so we had it. We had a good good game plan, I think, for Kareem. Uh, but we had played we had played UCLA two previous times, so we knew their personnel. You know, we knew what we had to do. Uh, we just didn't really have the 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 players at that time, I think, to to compete because uh, uh, Rick Rick missed several shots in the beginning. Uh, we didn't get off to a good start, and Kareem just kind of controlled controlled the game. Um, if I if I may tell you and go back to the first game that we played uh, against UCLA in Mackey Arena, the dedication game. Uh, my my job was to get our fast break started. I was the guy that was supposed to get right behind the free throw shooter <clears throat> to see if the ball would miss to the right or if it would miss to the left. I was supposed to go to that side to get the ball out the outlet pass, and then I was I was supposed to take it to the middle and and get the ball down the floor quickly and try to get the ball to Rick for for his shot there in the corner and. So there was one time that Kareem had had been fouled. Of course, at that time, his name was not Kareem; it was it was Lou Alcindor. Right. But he he was at the free throw line, and my job, as I mentioned, was to stand right behind the free throw shooter to see which way the ball was going to bounce if he missed it. Well, the first time he went to the line, and I'm standing there, and I'm of course we're pressing, and they're pressing us. It's a fast game. I'm trying to catch my breath, so I'm I'm leaning over with my hands on my knees, and as the referee hands Lou the ball, I, I look up and I can't see the basket. <laughs> and I'm, think, I'm thinking, uh oh, uh, what am I going to do now? So I had to move to, to one side or the other just to see where the ball was going to go. And I think it was at that point I realized how big this guy was. You know, I had watched them warm up a little bit at the other end. And, of course, at that time, you couldn't dunk because Kareem, I think it was because of Kareem that they, they took the dunk out of the college game. Well, he had, when he would lay the ball in, he had at least his elbows above the rim as he was laying the ball in. So from that point, I, I knew with those two experiences, I knew how big this guy was and how good they were. But they, you know, it took a last-second shot to beat us uh, in that dedication game. And uh, we did have the opportunity to, to win it, but we shot the ball a little bit too early. Um, the game was tied with just seconds to play, and we shot the ball a little too early, and they got the ball and got the rebound. They kicked it out, and Bill Sweet hit a uh, hit a jump shot that probably would have been a three-pointer in, in today's game, uh, and, we, and we lose at the buzzer by two. They beat us at Poly Pavilion then the following year. My junior year, they beat us by 12. And then going in and playing against them in the finals, uh, it's just unfortunate we didn't have all of our people. But uh, that doesn't mean to say if we'd had all of our people, we would have won. Um, but what is important is that <clears throat> we had the opportunity to be there. We had the opportunity to compete for the national title. And I guess, <clears throat> Billy, also when I look back um, of the experiences that I had. Um, 
I had the opportunity to experience either winning the championship or competing for it. And with the high school, I was fortunate to play on a team that we won the state title. In college, we had the opportunity to compete for uh, a championship. Uh, and in the pro game, we had a chance to win three titles, as you mentioned earlier, for the three rings. So that that is a great memory, too, and I feel like uh, there's not very many guys that have that opportunity to experience championships um, and win championships as as we did in the teams that that I was had the opportunity to play on. You know your 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 career at Purdue is ending. Did you have did you have any idea or did you have any say in how your professional basketball career was going to go? You know, I I didn't really think too much about playing pro ball. Um, because I was too involved in, in, in playing throughout the tournament my senior year. My focus was on just playing. It wasn't until after the season ended and George King pulled me into his office. And this was, this was a couple weeks after, after the tournament was over. He pulled me in the office and he said, hey, I want to I mention something to you. I want to talk to you a little bit about the pro game. Because he had played some pro ball himself and was, was a very good pro player. And he said, I just want to kind of prepare you for maybe what might happen. And I said, okay. And so he says, okay, uh, come and sit down. <clears throat> so I did, and he, he started out by saying, you know, you, you've really had an excellent college career. And he said, you may have an opportunity to play in a pro game. And he said, he said personally, I think you can play, and I, I think you're going to get the opportunity. But he said, I want you to be prepared for both. I want you to be prepared um, for the opportunity that you're going to, 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 to have that opportunity to play in the pro game, and you're going to get drafted. But also I want you to make sure that you get your education, make sure you, 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 you finish strong with your education so that you have that education to fall back on if you don't play in the pro game. And so when I look back on that, that was a meeting that was really important for me in, in kind of setting the stage for whatever may happen because there was, there was no assurance that I was going to be a pro player, but there was an assurance that, and there was no assurance, I guess, that I was going to finish my senior year and, and get all my credits and all of that, which, which that was, that was important to me as well. But, but he set the stage for me. He prepared me mentally for, whatever may happen. And as I mentioned before, he was a master at getting guys to understand what their roles are. And so again, he pulls me in and he gets me prepared uh, for whatever may happen to me from this point on. And I am, I, I was always very appreciative of what he did for me, uh, not only in that meeting, but what he did for me throughout my college career, because he was not real wild about, Bob King recruiting me because when he came in, that was my first year coming in, George's first year coming in. And I know he said to Bob King, because Bob King told me this, he said, he said, what about this Keller kid? <laughs> he said, he, he's only 5'10", and he said, can he play? <laughs> and Bob told me, he said, hey, now this guy can play. He said, I know he's only 5'10", but he can play. So I think Bob probably put his, his job on the line. And he, he told George, because George liked big guards. And he said, now look, 
Billy can play. He can play. You're going to be you're going to be satisfied. You're going to be happy with him. And so George really wasn't on my side in the very beginning until he had an opportunity to see me play. And and Bob King was, you know, like I said, I think he put his job on the line because had it not worked out, he may not have been an assistant coach any longer. So I have I have great deal of respect for the late Bob King and also the late uh, George King. Well, can you tell me can tell us a little bit about how you know it, 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 tell us the process of getting into the professional ranks? <clears throat> well, at that time there was of course the ABA and the NBA, and um, there was a draft, just like there is today, and uh, so I. I, I I signed with an agent, Gary Donna, the late Gary, the late Gary Donna was, uh, was my agent. And, um, uh, he went with me to Milwaukee to meet with the general manager. This was before the draft. So I went up to interview with, uh, and I can't remember the general manager's name at the time, but anyway, we sat down, we had dinner and we, we must've spent a couple of hours with, with the general manager of Milwaukee and then and then the Indiana Pacers um they were right there in my own hometown so I really didn't know what was going to happen so when the draft came Milwaukee drafted me but then also the Pacers drafted me and I told Gary I said you know it would be fun to go to Milwaukee and play because Kareem Kareem at that time Lou Alcindor at that time had signed with Milwaukee. So I had an opportunity to go to Milwaukee and uh, to play with Kareem. And, but I thought, you know what? If, if I am drafted by the Pacers and I make it and things go well, that's going to kind of open the doors for me for a lot of different things. You know, people are going to know who I am around here in Indiana. People aren't going to really know me up in Milwaukee. So, I tried to weigh everything out. I guess I tried to think about more of the future in my decision making than anything else, because I, you know, I felt like I could play. Um, you know, we we had just come, we had just come off the national uh, championship game. You know, there was a lot of players there throughout the uh, the time, the years that I had played. So I really felt like I could play. Uh, no assurance. And so I thought, you know, the best fit for me was going to be the Indiana Pacers. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, I, I know there's, we can make this a three-hour show if we wanted to, but in, in kind of a, I mean, what was your experience? What what did you take from the ABA? How much did you enjoy it? I mean, uh, the friendships that you uh, that you gathered um, and, and the opportunities you got from, from playing the game, but what what are some of your favorite memories of playing in the ABA? Well, first of all, I love the ABA. Um, I love the style of play. Uh, I love the up-tempo. Um, the red, white, and blue ball was was so colorful, uh, and it was fun to play with. People would look at that ball and think it's a balloon, <laughs> but it was really it was really a, a leather basketball that was fun to play with. It was a great teaching tool. Uh, by watching the rotation of passing and shooting and that kind of thing. Uh, I love the three-point line. 
you know, so the ABA was, was a league that I really enjoyed. Uh, I liked up-tempo because I I'd played up-tempo in college, and I really felt like the, the ABA, being an up-tempo league, played a faster game at the time than, than the NBA. Um, so so I, I really enjoyed the, the ABA. Uh, we had nine, I think we had nine teams when I first started. Uh, I came into the league in the third year of the ABA's existence, and, and we had some good teams. Uh, we probably had, talent-wise, we probably had the, the best talent in the league. Um, you know, however, there was talent on every team. But, you know, we had guys like Mel Daniels and, and Roger Brown and, and Freddie Lewis and, and uh, uh, Bob Nedelicki and George McGinnis. I mean, we had, we had a lot of, of excellent players. Darnell Hillman. Um, and, and what is so, what is so enjoyable about athletics is that when you, when you are on a team for four years or you're on a team for eight years, as I was with the Pacers, you, you develop a bond with players, with, with, with your teammates. They become not only teammates, but they become your friends. They become your family. And that's what we were. We were the Indiana Pacer family. And even today, um, I'm still in, in communication with, with Darnell and George and Bob Nedelicki. And on occasion, I'll, I'll talk with Freddie Lewis. And there are other ABA players that played for the Pacers that played for the Pacers and then went elsewhere that, that you're associated with. And so... Um, that's what sports to me is all about is developing those relationships and those friendships. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, an ABA reunion several years ago that, that Bob Nedelicki was involved in. And um, <clears throat> what was so fun and memorable about that ABA reunion was the guys that came back, which most of the ABA guys came back for it. And what made it so real was that players didn't have their game face on. They had, they had their friend face on. You know, <laughs> guys that I played against, <clears throat> like Matt Calvin, for example, he always had his game face on when we were playing. I really didn't know him any other way than with his game face. But he was talking about, oh, gosh, I hated to play against you. I hated the way you guarded me. I hated, you know, he's, and, and, you know, it was just in a fun way. And I told him, I said, you know, you were the toughest guy to guard. You know, you could shoot it. You were fast. You were, and guys just had fun together. And when you think about, when you think about a, a reunion, that's what you're going to see. And we had, we had reunions also when I was with the, uh, with the Boilermakers. Uh, George Faber had opened a, um, a window company called B Window. Actually, it was his his uh, wife's father's business. But he he put on a, a a Purdue reunion, and guys came back. And all of these reunions, guys kind of fall right back into their their uh, their roles, if you will. It's almost like guys guys come back and 
it's like we've never been apart. We're in the same roles. We we establish ourselves in the same roles as we were, you know, several years back. And that's what makes it fun, developing those relationships, and those relationships will will last uh, until we're no longer on this earth. And I think you guys are actually having a reunion next year also with the public invited, if I'm not mistaken. We, we are. We are. It's April the 7th, uh, 2018. And, uh, you know, looking forward to that. And, and you know, Billy, we, we, we as ABA players on occasion will be asked by the NBA Indiana Pacers to come back and sign autographs. And... You just, you, 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 as a player, you just can't quite fathom how many people will will come back and ask for autographs. Uh, I mean, there there have been times when we've we've had to um, stop the autograph session because the time has gone by, and we got to we got to get to a different you know the game's getting ready to start or whatever. People just have never forgotten the Indiana Pacers from the ABA. And that's the mark that those ABA teams were able to have on the fans that were ABA, whether it be in the Indianapolis area or Kentucky area, whatever. People have not forgotten the ABA, and that's that's thrilling to me. You know, you know, uh, and, and no pun intended, but I, I think, though, the NBA has dropped the ball a little bit on the former players of the ABA who actually made the NBA what it is today, in my opinion. You, do you do some work with uh, DroppingDimes.org? I, I have. Uh, I have. I've made some appearances for them. Uh, I am not on the day-to-day because I live in Florida uh, during the winter, but I think that's just a tremendous organization they do so many good things for people. Anytime that they would ask me to do something for dropping dimes, I would definitely do it. Um, you know, the whole idea is to try to help the the ABA players uh, that have fallen on hard times, and uh, some good people that are organizing this, and a lot of good people supporting it. Uh, Billy, in the eight years that you played for the Indiana Pacers, did you have the opportunity to to play at other places, but you decided to you know to keep your career uh, as a Pacer? Did I, did I have the opportunity to go elsewhere? Yes. To be traded? Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, no, I I, uh, I never really had the opportunity. Um, once once I finished, you know, I, I retired, and then I tried to come back. I had a knee problem. And I tried to come back, and I wanted to come back as a pacer. No, I, I never really had the uh, the thought of trying to go someplace else and play. Uh, so was uh, you know your your career is kind of dwindling down. Did you want to get into coaching, and and how did you start that process once you um, uh, uh, hung your sneakers up? Well, I coached for a little while. I I coached at uh, Burbuff Preparatory School there in Indianapolis. I coached the girls for a year. Uh, one of the one of the girl's uh, father uh, talked me into doing that and I really <laughs> had a lot of fun with it and then the, the next year uh, Purdue had called and George Faber was leaving his his uh, coaching position to go into uh, business with his uh, father-in-law with the, the B Window Company mm-hmm. 
And so I had that opportunity to work with Lee Rose for a year. And uh, then after that, uh, I, I uh, took a job at uh, Indiana Central, which is today called the University of Indianapolis. And I coached there for, for uh, seven years. And uh, I coached, I coached a, a semi-pro team a couple of years called uh, the ABA 2000. I did that for a couple of years, and I enjoyed the coaching. I'm not, I'm not so sure that coaching really was for me. Um, I enjoyed the players. Uh, to be honest with you, the thing that I probably enjoyed the most was uh, running, running basketball camps, uh, just running different types of basketball camps for kids. Um, I enjoyed the camaraderie with, with, uh, with the other coaches and being involved with the kids and trying to help kids to improve uh, from year to year. I ran basketball camps for 37 years, and uh, coaching was fun. It was, a, it was an experience. I did have the opportunity to be the shooting coach for the Pacers for, for five years during the NBA years under Jim O'Brien and a couple of years under Frank Vogel. I did enjoy that. Um, it's, it's, that was sure a different type of job working with professional players because they don't have to listen. And, and so, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that for five years. And, uh, so now I'm fully retired, live in Florida, Florida during the, uh, the winter months and enjoying my, myself and uh, playing a lot of golf and doing some fishing and, uh, doing some, some, some boating, trying to, t- trying to stay active as much as possible I'll be 70 coming up here in August, and um, I want to continue to be as active as I can. So so do we have our ABA championship rings and a safety deposit box? Do we wear them occasionally? Do we pull them out occasionally? Uh, where do you keep – I mean, I mean, it's got to be neat to have them, look at them. I mean, do you wear them? Yeah, I, I, uh, I do wear them. Um, I do have them in a safe place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at, at this point, I – uh, I was broken into one time when uh, I was actually still playing at the time, uh, but I, I had, there was a break-in, and I kind of thought, and, and the, the first two championship rings were in the house, and I must have come back about the right time. Uh, they must have just gotten in the house, so they really didn't have time to, to kind of go through things, but uh, I thought from that point, maybe I should uh, do something different. So I have those rings in a, in a safe place, I do pull them out and wear them on occasion. Uh, they're fun to look at. Um, they bring back a lot of memories for me, and I, I hope to, to one day be able to, 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 to leave those, those grandkids of mine um, some of the rings and watches and things that I've, I've gotten over the years. I want to I try to do something for the grandkids. Yeah, well, just in case they don't want to remember, my name is Billy. Okay, yeah, I... I, uh, <laughs> I, I I should I should be able to remember that. <laughs> well, Billy Keller, you know Billy I mean. Billy Keller, thank you so much. We ran a good 15 minutes long. Great stuff. I'm sure that everyone's going to enjoy this. I thank you for your time. Uh, uh, you uh, outstanding, and I, I still have goosebumps. I've had goosebumps for the past hour and a half in chatting with you. I enjoyed it, and I thank you so much. Hey, Billy, it's always uh, it's always great. I sure appreciate the uh, the opportunity that you've given to me to uh, to reminisce a little bit. Go back and remember those uh, those fun times of playing the game of basketball that we all love.
basketball courts. They are a big part of the game, and sometimes all we can get is just a little piece of it. Indiana has a great tradition of putting legendary teams on the court, and you can put a legendary court in your home or business. Whether you're looking for a motivational or marketing piece to advertise your business, or a family court to pass down to your kids someday to your favorite high school team, we would like to help you make a realistically scaled Maplewood court for you. From personal wants or even a high school raffle, school admins, this means you. Please visit us at facebook.com backslash minicourts, M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S, for more details on what we can do. Athletic directors, business owners, or fans alike, please get in touch and like our page. Court sizes are 29 by 19 inches for high school and 32 by 19 for college and pro. We are working on parquet floors as well. We also want to make sure your school gets their share, so we want to work with them to give them their cut. So check us out at Land of Many Basketball Courts at facebook.com backslash M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S.